Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Glassjaw MMA Podcast. I am your host, Kaiser. Uh, we are going to be covering this week uh, the gains and downfalls of last week, as well as a full card breakthrough breakdown for prelims and main card for UFC Vegas 26. Um, we will go through our meal ticket through the event, um, and I'm going to add it in there because I've been working on it. Uh, we'll see how try our hand at fantasy drafting UFC this next week um, using a new model I had in the works. So so we'll just start off with the uh, the covering of UFC Vegas 25, Reyes versus Prochesca. Um, this event turned out pretty good. Overall record of the actual fights was 8-3 and three for the night. Um, losses coming from the Colares, Botello, and... Uh, Chikazi Swanson fight. Uh, I mean, Kalora Sanders was kind of up in the air for me anyway. I would have never told you Luana Carolina was going to be Botello, and never in a million years would I tell you Cub Swanson was going to get knocked out as quick as he did and only get two fantasy points. So, you know, take it what it is, but we did call a uh, Prochesca knockout in the second round. Um, putting in that to the pool that, uh, FanDuel had, a no, not FanDuel, sorry, DraftKings had active, uh, hit seven out of eight on that. So that was, that was a nice little grab, um, just to show that, you know, weren't absolutely wrong with that one. Actually, pretty right. So, uh, up quite a few units, not as much last week. Um, we're kind of trying to even back out here. We're still positive all time this year want to keep that up so hopefully um, Vegas 26 is going to continue us on that winning streak I think I have some pretty solid picks here this week um, going on from there there I'll try to name the ones that I'm not so sure about but there's some I think are a little bit more assured so uh, without further ado, we're going to actually get into Vegas 26, uh, what I think I've got going on here. Also, um, as always, skip to the near the closer to the end of the video. If you're just looking for the picks, I'll go over them, the parlay options. And if you're looking for FanDuel draft picks, then those will be at the end too. So we're still kind of waiting on this actual event to see... Um, we're still waiting for some odds to come in due to the fact that the card took extremely long to put together and uh, fights falling through. You know, it was supposed to be a TJ Dillashaw comeback, and then that didn't happen. And then it was supposed to be uh, Diago Sanchez and Donald Cerrone. That fell through as the main event. Even coming into this week, um, we finally thought we had a headline with Michelle Waterson and Marina Rodriguez. Uh and then Marina was having a hard time getting into the getting a visa that short notice to come to the country, so we thought that fight was off. It got solidified, um, and then Alex Morano took a step up at the very last second and um, was willing to fight Donald Cerrone. So we've got a main card of uh, Waterson, Rodriguez, um, Cerrone, Morano, Magni, Neil, DeLima, and Green, and then Ferreira and Gillespie, Ribas, and Hill. So, uh, eventually a good, an okay card got put together. This isn't like the most overwhelming, wonderful card in the world. There's a couple fights I'm excited to see, but we're going to start at the very bottom in the prelims. Uh, the very first fight of the night is going to be Christian Aguilera versus Carlson Harris. 
um, the Vegas odds for this one. I am going to switch back to um, American odds just because it's easier. A lot of people have had some people say the point, the decimal points isn't something they quite understand because uh, they've been working with American odds for so long. So we'll go back to that. Uh, so this fight, uh, Christian Aguilera plus 115, Carlson Harris negative 141 as of the um, setting of this podcast. Uh, the model has a 72.34% chance for Carlson Harris to win this fight. Um, I generally have to agree with this looking at his records. There's not a lot of stats for him in the UFC as it is a debut for him. So he has nothing registered in there for that. The big thing to look at here is um, Aguilera, also pretty short career so far in the UFC, a one win, one loss. Um, you know, his his fight against Anthony Ivey, uh, he looked okay. It wasn't the most uh, sensational thing in the world. And then he, we go into his second fight, which is against Sean Brady, and he got absolutely worked head to toe that entire fight. Uh, he did not look that good. Uh you know, there's nothing like watching that. There's nothing for me to really go off of him on. Whereas you kind of, there's not a lot of tape on Harris either being his UFC debut, but uh, you look at his records um, outside of the UFC and he's, he's a strong finisher. He'll finish by sub. He'll finish by KO. Um, he's got some options in the bag. I just, uh, you know, he stayed in the regionals uh, a little longer just to kind of get a, Good backing, didn't sign the UFC contract for a while, but he has put the fights in. Um, uh, with the model saying a 72% chance for a win, put plus three units down and negative 141 on Carlston. Harris, uh, I think he's a pretty split guy between submissions and KOs, honestly, in his uh, career. So I would it's easier just to say Harris by finish. This fight's not going to go the distance. That would be my, my best guess. Uh, moving on up would be... Uh, Jun Young Park versus Tafon Chukwi. Um, the uh, model's gonna, or sorry, you, Vegas odds are gonna have this at plus 125 for Park, negative 152 for Chukwi. Um, the model's gonna have a 63%, 63.47% chance for Jun Young Park to win this fight. Um, that being said, actually, watching tape on both of these two. I'm only going to throw one unit on it, but one unit down on Chuck. We had negative 152. Uh, the Park's got some. F I mean, he's 12 and four overall, but Chuck Wee is five and zero. The reason, I mean, his ratings are so low, his you know equivalent ranking would be so low, is because he just doesn't have as many fights in. But he's a good fighter. In his one of his last fights, uh, Park took on John Phillips uh, to get the win in that fight. He took that fight to the ground for 10 minutes of that over 10 minutes, of that 15 minute fight that uh, went to decision park had control on the ground and only landed 15 significant strikes. We're talking one significant strike per minute for a 15 minute fight. Then you look at the actual, once everything goes to the ground, you start looking at the smaller body shots, the small hammer fist, that kind of stuff. He lands 260 total strikes on the ground. Looking at his past fights past that, he does his his best work is done at the ground. 
The problem that's going to come for Park to do that is uh, Chuckwee has a very, very solid takedown defense. He can, he's able to keep the fight on his feet. You know, he's not 100% takedown defense, but he's shown in his fight so far uh, professionally that he is able to just keep it up on the feet, block the takedowns, uh, take it to the striking game, which he's better at. Uh, he's in a 15-minute fight, was able to land 120 significant strikes against Jamie Pickett. So you're kind of looking at two different fighting styles here. Um, I think Park knows he has to take Chuckwee to the ground for this one because Chuckwee is a more significant striker than himself. But Chuckwee's going to be able to block the takedowns, own it on the feet, and then I I don't see Chuckwee getting the finish, and I do see Park getting some takedowns during this fight. So I just never see, I don't see a finish happening. Um, so I would say Chuckwee by decision on this fight. Going on up, uh, Ryan Benoit versus Zaruk Adashav. Uh, this is, was an interesting one to look at. Um, Ryan Benoit at negative 150 Vegas odds. Adashav plus 120. Um, the equivalent ranking going to have an 86.18% chance for uh Benoit to win this fight. Uh, the big thing with that is Adashav is 3-3 three three in his professional career. 0-2 uh, in the UFC. And I just don't see, uh, looking at the tape, looking at his record, looking at his stats, Adashav doesn't have a lot of chances in this fight other than to take it to the ground. Benoit, once again, just like uh, Chuckwee, what we just talked about, Benoit's able to, he's got a pretty solid takedown defense. He's able to keep it on his feet. He knows the Rook's going to go in there and want to take it to the ground. Benoit's going to keep it on the feet. He's going to strike. Adeshav is going to get, um, you know, worked for three rounds. And I just don't see him landing uh, anywhere near enough strikes or enough takedowns to try to take rounds away from Benoit. Uh, I would say Benoit by decision on this one. I just don't see a finish coming from either person. Um, Adeshav hasn't shown anything uh, in his two UFC debuts that look good. Some would say, yeah, Benoit's three and three and five in the UFC, ten and seven overall in his professional career. He also doesn't look the best as a fighter, but even though Benoit doesn't look the best of what he's shown so far, I think Adeshav looks worse. So um, that's my call for this one. Uh, with an 82% chance to win and those odds that it's looking at, plus five units down on Benoit at negative 150 is, a, I think, a pretty solid, pretty solid bet on this one. Um, once again, still not my favorite fight. I, I don't really like either of the fighters in this one. So... Uh, Going on up, we're going to go to, I think, the potentially the highest split for the card on this one. Um, going to be Ludwig Klein versus Michael Trezano. Um, negative 245 for Klein, plus 190 for Trezano. Uh, Klein has an 82.72% chance to win based on the model. I would say the model's got it pretty right here. Uh, I've watched... Trezano's fights going back to watching when he was in the uh, Ultimate Fighter. And I, he's nothing 
special as a fighter. Um, he has, though, one loss within the actual uh, Ultimate Fighter he didn't look good in. Um, got a chance to come back based on another person getting hurt, I believe Luis Pena. Got to fight, got a win over uh, Joe Giannetti. Split decision, it was not, I mean, it was an okay fight. Uh, then got signed, Luis Pena got to fight, got signed, got to fight Pena outside of the Ultimate Fighter world, not even in the finale. Once again, another split decision. I like Luis Pena, I mean, murder Bob Ross, or murder, sorry, killer Bob Ross. Um, solid name, meh fighter. And Trezano just hasn't shown anything. He's 2-1 and one in the UFC, but like I said, one's, I think the two are against uh, other people from his season. So, I, I don't know. Uh, he went and fought, after those two, he went and fought Grant Dawson and absolutely got run down for three rounds by Grant Dawson. So, I... I don't see much coming from Chisano here. Meanwhile, you look at uh, Klein. He has one UFC fight where he got a KO. If you look outside of the UFC, he's currently on a four-knockout uh, streak. Even though there's not a lot of t uh, tape to see on Klein, the reason is is because he's got a pretty uh, fast, you know, knockout uh, rating so far. You know, the only a prior to coming in the UFC, the tape you get to see is from those other events. Well, when you're only getting knockouts in your first or your last three fights before joining the UFC and then a knockout in the UFC, there's just not a lot of stuff to see there. He looks good though in those fights. I just don't, I don't see the skill of Trezano keeping up with someone who's been running the regionals, comes in the UFC, gets a knockout on his first one. I would say Klein gets another knockout in this fight. Uh, the first or second round KO, and I would plus five units down to Klein and negative 245. Uh, it's not going to be the greatest payout. It's because it's negative 245. Uh, I do see him being could be a key um, parlay piece later, though, and he will be included in the meal ticket. <clears throat> Moving on up, uh, two fights left in the preliminary card. The next one's going to be Phil Hawes versus Kyle Dawkins. Plus 115 on Hawes, negative 141 on Kyle Dawkins. Uh, model's got a 60.77% chance for Dawkins to win this fight. Once again, I'm going to agree with the model on this. Dawkins is the better looking fighter here. Uh, plus two units down on Dawkins at negative 141. You look at Hawes, and a lot of people, what they've seen so far is several early KOs on his UFC record. He's 2 and 1 in the UFC altogether. Or sorry, 3-1 in the UFC, one of those only being a uh, decision bout. But he's the big thing is he had that 18-second knockout over Jacob Malkoon, who recently just fought, and uh, we've learned is actually a pretty solid fighter. I'll be betting on him next time, hopefully. Uh, you know, bet against him because we didn't get to see much on him, and we realized he's a pretty solid wrestler. So he knocks out Malkoon, um, but then he goes and he faces a stronger opponent in Imavov, and... He had to resort to wrestling and control on control the fight on the ground for 11 minutes and then uh, like landing the strikes to get the win there and that's his game. Um, he realized that you know striking on the feet wasn't going to be an option for him, so he took it to the ground and he made sure to have that control time to make sure he landed the win. That's not going to be an option against Kyle Dawkins, who has a 94% takedown defense. 
the man blocks most defense or takedowns. And so if your plan is to take him to the ground, you're going to have a hard time. And stuffing takedowns looks just slightly less as good as getting a takedown, right? Like in the eyes of the judge, you know, a takedown is a five and stuffing a takedown is a four, three, three, we'll say it's a three, right? It's, I think that Doc is going to shut down Haw's game. Um, the big thing is, is Dawkus is also a solid grappler himself. Um, he might want to take it to the ground. I think that would be um, a bad decision on his part, just because I know he, he, you can see he's the better striker on the feet. If he takes it to the ground, there's the chance that Haw's can try to uh, wrestle his way out of certain uh, areas, try to get there take the top control and uh, land those insignificant strikes <clears throat> to get uh, work his way to a win, a split decision. Even if Hawes was to win this fight, it's not going to be by a KO or a sub. Dawkus isn't going to win this fight by a KO or a sub. It's going to be striking on the feet, a little bit of groundwork. This is going to decision. I think this is a pretty solid bet for a fight to go to decision on the that's I think that's the most ap applicable choice for de uh, decision on this entire card is just the fact that they're both people who like to grapple. So I'm going to go with decision, but I'm going to go to uh by decision. Moving on up, uh, last card or last bout of the prelim card is going to be Ben Rothwell and uh Philippe Linz. Negative 112 on Rothwell, negative 112 on Linz so far. 77.11% um, chance for Rothwell to win based on the model. With that being said, I'm going to pl plus three units down on Rothwell at negative uh, 112. This fight was hard for me. Uh, they're both kind of in my eyes looking at their tape, looking at their records. They're pretty close. Um, Rothwell being the more seniored uh, fighter in the UFC. Uh, Philip Linz is 14 and five in his overall professional record, but he's 0 and two in the UFC. Looking at Rothwell, he's 38 and 13 all time professional, and he is a giant mixed bag of wins and losses in various ways in the UFC. And he's been in the UFC for some time. Um, one thing to look at, you know, we've another uh, solid veteran within their weight class is going to be Andre Arlovsky. They both fought Andre Arlovsky, and they've both lost to Andre Arlovsky. So I kind of, kind of try to establish a baseline there. You know, they both went in there against a one of the most seasoned vets of the octagon currently fighting. Both lost. Okay, baseline achieved. What I looked at next there is, you know, looking at Linz, uh, he lost to Bozer, who is a not very good heavyweight, by knockout. Um, Bozer's quite a ways down there in the rankings for heavyweights, and he's proved himself that he's going to stay kind of in that area. And the only reason he's, you know, floated up a little bit is because of a, a knockout against Philip Linz, but that doesn't really get him anywhere since Linz also hasn't established himself much in the UFC. But then you look at who Rothwell has recently fought, and Rothwell, yes, he's got a uh, you know a little bit more senior, but um, Rothwell's last fight it was against Tiber, 
and he went three rounds, toe-to-toe, stood up, fought his game against the number 12th ranked heavyweight, and he looked good, I think, in the fight. Looking at Rothwell's gas tank he had in that fight, I think it is deep enough that you can say he's going to work a Philip Lins. Philippe, sorry. Philippe Lins um, in a match. Now, do I think there's going to be a knockout? I don't think so in this fight. Um, I think you're looking at two non-ranked heavyweights about to fight in a match where either of them could probably still gas out. Um, yeah, hopefully their cardio is good. I think there'll be some good striking, especially in the first and second rounds. I don't know what the third round is going to really entail, but I would say either way this is going to go to decision, but I'm going to take Rothwell by decision on this one. Moving on up to the main card. Um, and the first one actually kind of threw me for a loop, too. This is going to be Amanda Ribas at negative 177 versus Angela Hill at plus 140. Uh, the model's going to have a 54.88% chance for Amanda Ribas to win this fight. And I... That's a pretty close number there, um, which would tell us that potentially bet the dog on this one. And The more I look at this, I, I have it written down that I think Ribas is going to win, but then looking at the tape of Angela Hill, I think Hill has a really good chance to pull this one out. So my bet would actually go down on Angela Hill at plus one unit, at plus 140 on this fight. Amanda Ribas is... Um, I think a strong grappler and the way you got to look at it, I mean, she went in against Mackenzie Dern, who obviously shown she's a pretty solid grappler, uh, just taking on Nina Nunez and winning that fight and looking great during it. But then fought prior or after that, Ronda Marcos looked more wishy-washy who I don't think Ronda Marcos is good. Um, you just watched her last fight. She got absolutely demolished for an entire round, and I would argue she was going to lose that fight anyway. Got DQ'd instead. But that's what Ribas only has going for her. She's a strong wrestler, and she can work on the ground. She's about to fight Angela Hill, who has a very strong takedown defense and is also someone who can take, keep it on the feet and strike. Um, she recently fought Michelle Watterson, Lost that in a split decision, so Michelle Watterson being the headliner just barely snuck out a win against um, Angela Hill. And also, Angela Hill stuffed 17 of 18. Let me say that again. 17 of 18 takedowns stuffed. She only got taken down one time in the fight against Michelle Watterson. And I think that's Ribas's only way to win here, because um, I don't think she has the, the power or the speed to get anything done on the feet. She needs to get the takedowns. Angela Hill is going to work her in the ring. And just like everything I've said tonight, I'm, other than one other fight, I do see this one going to decision. I mean, neither of these people really have knockout power, and they're not the biggest admission artists. And um, Ribas would take it to the ground. If, if Ribas does get it to the ground, she's not going to get a finish. She's just going to get the points. Angela Hill maybe could get a knockout on the feet, but... I don't know if she's the 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 one to get the KO here. So I'm I'm going to 
put a unit down on Angela Hill. Um, I do think this fight either way goes to decision. Moving on up, it's going to be Diego Ferreira versus Gregor Gillespie. Um, Ferreira plus 150, Gregor Gillespie minus 190. The model's going to have a 69.37% chance for Diego Ferreira to win this fight. I'm going to disagree with the model on this one. I'm going to take Gillespie by decision at plus one unit at plus 105. The only way Ferreira wins this fight is by getting a submission in the first or second round. He has shown time and time again that Ferreira, he, that Ferreira doesn't have knockout power. And going into the fight, he has shown that he might have the gas tank to strike, but he doesn't have the deep enough gas tank where he can wear down a fighter like Gregor Gillespie. Gillespie definitely has the deep enough gas tank that he can stand and fight and run the ring for three whole minutes. This, To some people who are bigger fans of striking, I don't see think you're going to see a lot of strikes here because... You're about to watch Gregor Gillespie, who is a strong wrestler, go in there um, and work ground game most of the time. I don't see Ferreira wanting to take this one to the ground. Uh, he does. He doesn't mind wrestling, but uh, he'd be going to the ground with a uh, NCAA Division One wrestler who has a championship under his belt, right? That's you know trying to. You don't want to go into someone else's realm if you don't have to. So I think if Ferreira does try to take it to the ground. He's just going to get the takedown attempts stuffed and then lose good position and have to fight out of bad positions. Whereas Gillespie is going to just work Ferreira for three rounds. He's going to chop away at Ferreira. I could see Gillespie getting a finish in this fight. I, I don't know which way. Um, he is a solid striker. I would... The only other problem I see is, you know, the thing that's going to get him caught is trying to play too tight into the ground game and getting submitted once again. I I think his best decision is to take one or two rounds, really wear down at Ferreira, maybe take it to the ground, work for a submission or a knockout, TKO, something from there. But Gregor Gillespie, I believe, is definitely the pick here. I'll say by KO. Because um, I could also see it in the third round, a tire Ferreira catching a couple hits to the jaw with a knockdown and then a knockout. So Gillespie, potential KO. Moving on up to Marcos Rogero de Lima versus Marcus, or sorry, Maurice Green. Um, the Vegas odds at negative 177 for DeLima, plus 140 for Maurice Green. The model is also going to say a 54.88% chance for DeLima to win this fight. And one thing I will say, uh, these two fighters have fought a combined 19 fights in the UFC. And only three have gone to decision. So either way, I don't think you see... A f the fight go to decision on this one. Uh, those it's two heavyweights that are going to go out there and attempt to put a finish on somehow. 
Now, I watched, once again, the the Ultimate Fighter season with Maurice Green on it. And even though he was kind of a mess on the show, still a solid fighter. Enough that I would put plus one unit on Green at plus 140. Uh, the models got this one close. The odds are eh, kind of split. Um, but it's close enough I would put a, a unit down on the dog here. Looking at the two fighters and having seen an entire season of Ultimate Fighter with Maurice Green on it, he's someone who is a powerhouse on the feet, but he's also a solid grappler on the ground. The problem Green's going to run into here is that DeLima is also a solid striker and also someone who's solid on the ground. What I believe would be the path here is as Green uses his, you know, heavy leg kicks, his heavy striking, and wears down to Lima. Maybe get some groundwork in there, get some takedowns. Uh, DeLima is not a, the person who's got a lot of gas in the tank. He looks good for the early rounds. He's going to wear down. Looking at uh, DeLima's total UFC career, professionally he's 17-8-1. His UFC career, he is 6-6. Six and six. Five of those six losses are by submission. He even lost in his Ultimate Fighter exhibition match, which doesn't go on his professional record, by submission. Maurice Green is a solid submission person. I think Green wears him down for two rounds. Maybe one round. Uh, later in the second, early in the third, Green takes it to the ground and hits the arm triangle. Which is his favorite, looking at everything he's done. He really does, he does like the arm triangle here. I think it's good dog money on Green. Um... And I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss uh, Green by submission. A lot of the uh, options for ways of finish aren't available yet on a lot of the betting apps, so we're gonna have to wait on that one to see what it actually comes out as. Might be worth it. But either way, I'm going to take Maurice Green in this fight. I don't have to really swing it that hard to take the dog. Going up, Neil Magny and Jeff Neal. Uh, there's a plus 150 on Neil Magny, negative 190 on Jeff Neal. The models got it at a 77.31% chance for a Neil Magny win. So swap of the Vegas odds. I think plus two units down on Magny here doesn't look good. I'm not going to go the three units that's suggested because I maybe not my most favorite fight here. Um, Magny has had to work hard to get to the rank that he has now. Uh, he's 24-9 in his total career versus Jeff Neal's 13-3. And, and what a lot of people are going to look at is when Neil Magny fought Chissa, he didn't look good at all. He, you know, just kind of got worked and looked uh, not appealing as a fighter that entire time. But prior to that, because people can't look past it, is Magny had several good fights. Um, his career has involved several good fights, including a win over Robbie Lawler. 
Lawler's been in the UFC for some time, um, back to like 2004 or prior, but Lawler's still nailing wins in the UFC against good components or opponents, and I never scoff at a person who trained directly under Pat Militick and was a UFC champion at one point. You just you can't look past that. And Magny's got a win over him. Looking at Jeff Neal, he has an impressive record himself, but you look at his fight against Stephen Thompson, and he got completely worked for five rounds as well. He didn't look good. People say Magny didn't look good. So with that, I mean, I'm looking at someone who, a fight that I'm actually not a huge fan of, uh, betting-wise, but if anything, I think it's close enough. Once again, you got to take the dog here, and... The model saying it's a pretty good chance on Magni. I'll throw two units down on it, I guess. We'll see where it goes. I am not confident in that pick, though, because I don't know where this fight's going to go. I just think it's a fairly even one. Moving on up to a card that, or to a fight that almost didn't happen, almost happened, didn't happen, and is happening again, sort of, with Cerrone, but with a new opponent. Donald Cowboy Cerrone. A man you, you just you gotta admire. That 36 and 15 owns a bunch of records in the UFC just because he's been around for forever. He takes the fights at a moment's notice. Uh, but this time his opponent Alex Morano's taking a very, very short notice fight here. Um, still no Vegas odds on this fight as it has just got kind of put together and Vegas is probably still trying to crunch their own numbers, but the Model's going to give a 76.08% chance on Cerrone here, and I'm going to agree with the model on this. I'll put three units down on Cerrone all day. Cowboy's on a slide. That's what a lot of people are going to say is, I mean, Cerrone had a height in his career. Uh, he's been on like a four-ish, five-ish fight, you know, slide since then. Murano has been looking good recently. But what you got to look at here is Cerrone, being a seasoned fighter, was already preparing for a fight against Diego Sanchez. Cerrone's had a full camp at this point. Alex Morano's had five days to also cut weight here. I mean, he's a 170-pound fighter who's going, I mean, maybe he was already cutting, I don't know, to get to the weight that he needed to. And... Diego Sanchez's main, uh, sorry, Alex Morano's main weapon is the fact that he's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Well, so is Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez's m main tool is his jiu-jitsu. Okay, so Cerrone's entire camp is going to be, maybe not the entire camp, but a lot of the camp's going to be based around fighting someone who's got uh, solid jiu-jitsu work and solid groundwork. So Cerrone still, I would say, has a full camp against the opponent he's going to go up against, whereas Murano has no time to prepare. He is a solid fighter, but he's going to go one against one of the most seasoned veterans in the octagon. And a Donald Cerrone, who is a solid fighter still to this day, never going to write Cowboy off here. I do not see this fight having a finish of any kind. It's... Uh, and once again, Cerrone 
is a little more seasoned. Murano's got a good gas tank. Cerrone can keep it on its feet, win a couple rounds, win two, maybe three. It could be a split decision, but I think Cerrone takes a decision here. And I think for one, the first round, maybe the second round even, Cerrone's just going to put the work to Murano, break the game plan that Murano's tried to put together or is going to try to put together in the fact that it's such short notice, and... Cerrone's going to pick him apart for three rounds into a decision. So Cerrone all day. Take the Cowboy. Going on up to our main event, Michelle Waterson versus Marina Rodriguez. The fight that wasn't even supposed to happen, then kind of got close, and then almost didn't happen due to the fact that Marina couldn't get a visa. The visa happened. Here we are. Final fight of USC Vegas 26. Uh, Michelle Waterson plus 170, Marina Rodriguez negative 210, 60.63% chance for Rodriguez to win this fight, and I couldn't agree more. I am going to start this by saying that this fight is going to go the distance once again. Marina Rodriguez is the better fighter here, but has shown that she does not have finishing power. You're looking at a Watterson who's 8-4 in the UFC, has seven straight decisions in the UFC. Rodriguez, who is 4-1-2 in the UFC and has five decisions. Rodriguez can't finish a fight. Watterson can't finish a fight. Neither of them have finishing power. Also, Watterson's game is apparently on the ground and looking at any of her last fights, even going back and just looking at the stats, you don't have to look how that watch it happen, but she can't finish a takedown. She's she went one and nine. She went one and eighteen and zero for four in the last like three of or four of her fights. Um, There's one fight where she attempted no takedowns, but that's the only way Waterson wins this fight. Rodriguez has shown in several of her fights where her and especially in her her uh, one loss, but even her close fights and the draws. Her huge faults are on the ground game. She can strike and she's fast on the feet. Yeah, she doesn't have the finishing power, but the way to win against Rodriguez is to take her to the ground, and Waterston doesn't have takedown game. I just think this fight stays on the feet, and Rodriguez is going to outstrike her for five rounds and win a decision fight. That's a pretty solid pick because I, I just Waterson needs to go to the ground. You know, Michelle, the karate hottie Waterson can't finish a takedown and Rodriguez is faster on the feet. So there you have it. I'm going to take plus two units on Rodriguez at negative 210. And no matter what this fight goes the distance, there is not going to be a knockout. That would be Watterson's way to win, I guess, would be take it to the ground and get a ref to stop it at some point, but put it on Roddy, you guys, here. So that is uh, going to be the last fight. Uh, I'll run back through my picks real quick, just for anyone who's going to skip to the end here. We'll start back at the very top, work our way down. Main card, Michelle Watterson versus Marina Rodriguez. Taking Rodriguez. Cerrone versus Murano. We are taking Cerrone. Magni versus Neil, we're going to take Magni. DeLima versus Green, taking Green. 
Ferreira versus Gillespie. We are going to take Gillespie. Ribas versus Hill. We're going to take Hill in this fight. Rothwell versus Linz. We are going to take Rothwell. Hawes versus Dacos. Dacos is going to be the winner there. Ludovic Klein versus Michael Trezano. Easy pick on Klein. Benoit versus Adashav. We're going to take Benoit. Park versus Chukwi. Uh, we're going to take Chukwi. And then Aguilera versus Harris. We are going to take Carlson Harris. So, being done with that, now I'm going to go into the meal ticket for the night, which I honestly had a kind of hard time putting together because I had a hard time picking five fights in this card that I think are solid, solid picks. But we're going to start with our entree here. Um, and I think the main card is a good pick for this one. I think Marina Rodriguez is a solid pick for this fight. Um, going in after that, I would believe that Gregor Gillespie is another solid pick for fight two of the parlay. And then the best pick, and easiest pick for this one, I think, is going to be Ludwig Klein. So, Marina Rodriguez, Ludwig Klein, and Gregor Gillespie as the solid picks, my three-pick parlay there. Now, we can add a little appetizer in there. The appetizer is going to make it a little bit more fun. <laughs> this is where I have a harder time here. I do feel solid in my picks, um, but... They're all really close. Um, I think Kyle DeCoss is a pretty solid pick for this one. Uh, just because he doesn't have... or He has the game to fight Hawes, and Hawes doesn't have the fight style to stay with DeCoss for three rounds. And then going on to dessert, we'll make it a little harder here. Maybe Hill, maybe Green, but I'm gonna throw Cowboy on there. Uh, I just I can't I can't bet against Cowboy. Um, solid fighter, and you've got a, a no one who's taken short notice fights recently has looked that good. I don't think Morano is gonna be the one that changes that upswing. I think Morano or um, Cerrone is a solid pick in the parlay, so I uh, will make. Cerrone, the dessert, and we're going to take Dacos as the appetizer. And that is going to be our meal ticket parlay for the week. And there, uh, if you guys want to sign off, you can. Um, I just I did put a little extra work in, this week into uh, designing a new model um, to go with fantasy betting for FanDuel using their point system. Um, if anyone's not aware, uh, the point system for the UFC draft would be um, every significant strike in a fight is 0.6 points, takedowns are 6 points, takedown defense is 3 points, knockdowns are 12 points, submissions are 5 points. Going into the actual finishes, winning a fight in the first round is 100 points, second round 75, third round 50, fourth round 35, fifth round 25. Just winning the fight by decision is worth 20 points. So I went through, um, kind of worked on a model that would compare the actual, um, would take someone's averages, compare it with the points that could be allowed 
and then also adjust it based on the opponent they'd be fighting. Worked it all out um, for fantasy points. The big thing is who are you going to put in that number one spot, right? Because uh, everything, you get a budget to pick from, and your MVP is someone you think is going to score the most points, and you get one and a half times the points for that fighter. Looking at all the fights we have going on here, I think the number one pick for this, for your MVP, based on the model, is going to be uh, Ludwig Klein, seeing as uh, he's got a solid just base stats, and a lot of the points are going to come from a finish, and I think Ludwig can get an easy first, if not, uh, easy second round, if not first round finish. Also, um, I could see him just knocking Trezano straight on his ass at one point, and 12 points for a knockdown is always good, too. So... Klein would be my first pick if you can. After that, uh, this is just model picks, model points here. Um, I'm just going to go down the line here. Ludwig Klein, number one. Maurice Green, two. Marina Rodriguez, three. Gregor Gillespie, four. Tafan Nunchukwi, five. Kyle Dacost, six. Donald Cerrone, seven. Um, kind of from there, it's going to be Carlson Harris, Michelle Waterson, Ben Rothwell, Amanda Ribas, Neil Magny, Jeff Neal. Mm, let's see, the model's got some of this up, messed up here. Uh, after that, hopefully you're not picking any more people, but uh, after that, Diego Ferreira. 16th is going to be Jun Young Park. 17, Alex Morano. 18, Michael Trezano. Please don't be picking people at this point. Rodrigo de Lima. 20 is Ryan Benoit. Uh, so the big thing here, Ryan Benoit, I've got him picked to win a fight, but he has never shown big stats in the UFC, so he'd be a hard one to pick here. Same with Carlson Harris, uh, even though I think Carlson Harris gets a finish in his fight. He has no providable stats in the UFC, and so it's hard for the model to want to pick anything here. 22, Phil Hawes. 23, Philip Linz. And uh, 24 overall for Zaruk Adashav. Uh, Adashav is the number one stay away from person in the model. But like I said, these maybe aren't necessarily my picks. They are the model's numbers, and then factoring in my what I believe are going to be the outcomes of the fights. So... Once again, number one, Klein, number two, Green, number three, Rodriguez are the fighters you're looking to pick up. That's all we got this week. Uh, thanks to anyone who tuned in. Um, always feel free. You can shoot any comments you have to me, uh, any questions, and I'm free to answer them. Throw my picks on later. Have a good week. I am your host, Kaiser, signing off. This is Glassjaw MMA Podcast.